conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Fashion week may have happened without me, but my maxed out visa never runs out of style. I love the theater, but I hate drama. (gasps) 
and we were just talking about drama right before we began recording. You guys, it's Angie's Girls um, Destination episode 123 on the People's People's podcast couch situation, whatever I normally say. So excited to be joined once again by love of my life, fashion sensation. Um, I hope we take a selfie after this if I like my face because you look spectacular thank you i dressed up for you i am thank you so much i dressed up for you too i just told dave i was like i showered for you which is my lucky day (laughs) it's your lucky day (laughs) um so excited dave quinn news writer and reporter people.com the man who housewives themselves refer to as the olivia pope of all things, <laughs> yes, Bravo. I will. I will fix it for you. I will, you... I will help you. Uh, it's handled. You know why? Because I was. Th- I always think of you as like the Rachel Maddow, like vis-a-vis oh, investigative too. journalism, reporting, <laughs> laying it all bare. But Olivia Pope, I think, works on a better level because it's all about like communicating the narrative. Yes. Whereas like Rachel's like the weather's 76 degrees and we're all going to hell. You know what I'm right. saying? Like I think Olivia and talk about a scandal. There have been There's scandals. Always a scandal. There's always something going on with them, and I try to help them through it as best I can. Okay, so first things first. Oh, guys, I just got back from Harris last night. You're welcome. I mean, Um, I cannot believe that we're doing this right on the eve of your return. I am so not. I was about to say I'm so tired, but then I was like, no, I'm not. I'm just hungry, and I was saying to my roommate before, like, I am very much in the mood for cucumbers and broccoli and cauliflower. Like, Mm. I just want... To put all that food in my gullet. And I, I don't know why. I'm very excited for that. And like lightly, um, not preservative, but like maybe there's this thing that I get from Whole Foods. Oh, you would like it. It's like paleo. It's called right rice. Ooh. And it's like vegetable. Insta- it's vegetable. It's fake rice that's made with yeah. vegetables. And it tastes like orzo. Oh, lovely. And the French don't have that because they learn, no. they're like, go fuck yourself. Like eat rice. No. So I am very excited to have that with some steamed broccoli. And we should just spend the next 45 minutes talking about the things I'm excited to eat. I'd I went, be down for it. Honestly. I went to the best gluten-free bakery slash patisserie in the world, Chambaland. Oh. And I went three times, like, uh, like, once every hour on the hour it was the new york one of carbohydrates and (laughs) brought back shit threw it in the freezer like honestly i was so food-based food obsessed i ate my way through paris ate my way through barcelona in paris i every day i walked 10 miles plus wow what was the best thing you ate in both places okay the best thing i ate in barcelona was at this restaurant and i'm on a medical diet and i fucking ate um the best (laughs) thing i ate in barcelona was at this restaurant called um xavier pelliser i don't speak spanish so i'm fucking that up royally sounded right thank you and it's been called the best vegetable restaurant in the world so he has like that's it's named after the namesake chef so he has like select meats on there too but it's a lot of insane vegetables and i I was la- so first off I made the I didn't know I was leaving to go to Europe until 4 a.m. the day before because oh I was gosh. like can I make this work with my money and then I realized I can spoiler alert couldn't but went <laughs> <laughs> anyway but so I made the reservation I made a bunch of reservations a month before six weeks before on the off chance that I would actually go right. And I needed permission from my therapist. And I asked her, I was like, can I go to Paris? And she said, you must go to, please, like, leave me, go to Europe. Um, Thank you, Amy. (laughs) Um, Kobe's in the mail. And um, so I went to this place. I walk in the door. I'm like, and most of the restaurants open at eight Mm -hmm. because it's Europe and they know how to live their best lives. Meanwhile, it's like midnight to me. Not because of jet lag, but because I am in 
aged woman. So <laughs> I walk in the door and I'm like, hey, Sarah, um, party for one, uh, eight o'clock. And they're like, oh, we don't have a reservation for you. And I'm like, here's my confirmation from a month ago. Also, I emailed you guys this afternoon to double confirm. And y'all said I was ups- uh, all set. And they're like, we need to talk to the chef. And they were so abrupt. You know, sometimes Europeans, like they're not disrespectful, but they they're do not. Short. Yeah, they're they quick. don't bullshit at all. Like right. I've seen Europeans. I remember I complimented an American with like terrible who spoke French terribly. And I was like, that was a good job. And the person was like, no, that that was a terrible. They are awful. Like, and they're it's not disrespectful. Blunt. They're just um, better at everything than we are, including being honest. <laughs> and so he he's like, I need to talk to the chef. And I'm thinking like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I planned a spreadsheet. I'm an event producer. Right. I you ready. everything is organized. There's a narrative for every day. Yeah. And so he came back. He's like, it's okay. Like you're going to shit sit at the, you're going to shit and sit at the chef's counter. Oh, and so, so much better, so much better open kitchen. And they're like, do you want to do the tasting? And I'm like, I am poor. Thank you so much. And had a meal that the chef, I just like made eyes at him. And then I was like, Oh, I'm gonna like, we're going to have sex with your food. Like, oh, lovely. I just, he was just very like, mm, Spanish, like nose world renowned. So good. P.S. Everything is amazing. So I had like three or four different things with three ish wines and it was like I want to say like 40 or 50 euro it was like ridiculous wow and everything was so good and every time something came out first off it looked amazing and then I would just like eat it have a taste and I'd start laughing I just laugh I'd laugh my ass off because I'm like this should not be as good as this is nothing in life should taste as good like in the fact that it looked perfect I'm like this should not be perfect there should be an imperfection and he kept looking at me and I asked him to he chose all the wines he chose the food wow. he drank the same wine I was drinking so we were drinking together we were shooting the shit I worked for a celebrity chef for a couple years who he worked with in Germany or something for some 50th anniversary whatever so we were talking about that he just was so cool. And at the end, I was like, we need a photo as we are now best friends. He's like, let's take it in the kitchen. I'm like, whatever you want, chef. You're the love of my life. Like, I know you're married and have kids because you told me probably because you understood that I was like in love Falling with you. Over you. Yeah. Um, but if you're ever looking for a girlfriend with major dietary restrictions, you know who to call <laughs> on Skype. It's me. So that's a long winded way of saying. And if you go to my Insta, I actually did it like as an actual post and not a story because I'm like, okay. I am it was if you're in Barcelona and there was so much fucking good food and for people that have dietary shit you are gonna be fine because it's so good so that was the best and then in Paris that's in Barcelona and in Paris there's a chef here in New York a French chef who runs one of the best restaurants in the country Le Cuckoo his name is Danielle Rose Mm -hmm. obsessed with him and I've been to one of his restaurants in Paris a couple times the last couple times I've been La Bourse and La Vie and that was amazing had a crazy meal walked in and they're like weren't you just here and I said yes I was when was it in May so excited ate my ass off ate my life in between two American tables one New Yorkers were on a certain street on the Upper East Side they live on the exact same street on the Upper West Side wow so we were talking about all things food and that was crazy and he has another restaurant they're teeny tiny little restaurants like maybe eight tables which is exactly right his other restaurant which I'd never been to before is called Chez La Vieille and one of the servers there who has helped me before was like you have to go it's my favorite place of his and you go and it's a little jewel box a super adorable little bar in the bottom can see like 
I swear to God, 10 people max. You go to the um, dining room upstairs, no more than like six tables, teeny, teeny, tiny jewel box setup. Tell them I, my dietary restrictions. And they're like, okay, so you can't eat food. And I said, exactly. They brought out a veggie plate and there was like crack cocaine in that. It was like, I, it was that fucking good where, and then it's like, they bring you the bill and you're like, yes, Christ. Like it was just so good. And I was so pinched for cash and I really appreciated it. And those are like, the best meals and just in case any of the listeners are bougie motherfuckers when I went to London in the spring I went to the Ritz for tea fucking tremendous absolutely magical super touristy didn't give a shit ate everything that is available in that city on my plate and the like cute little thing terrific and this time I decided to go to for afternoon tea which again spoiler alert could not afford at George Sank, the Four Seasons, mm. um, the worst experience of my entire life. Laughing for another reason. It was so bad and so pathetic. And they hype themselves as dealing with any dietary restrictions. And it's like they bring the little trays. One of the little trays had like a little P-shaped thing that I don't know what that was. And a leaf. There was a leaf with a little vinegar, like an actual leaf. I took photos of it because I was like, this is a joke. And then I figured like, okay, well, this tray is just like the first, this two, three-tiered thing. Like then I get like the biscuits or whatever the, the fuck last, you get. Yeah. And nothing came. I waited for 40 minutes. Like where is the rest of the food? 60 euros. That's crazy. That It was so awful that I highly encourage if you're going to go for a fancy tea while you're in Europe, skip it. Just go into the hotel to see the beautiful floral design by Jeff Latham and then call it a motherfucking day. Like, Done. honestly, like ask the doorman for a photo. He's paparazzi style. Excellent. Get your little photo. <laughs> I was like, this photo cost me $60. Luckily, it's good. And then go on your fucking way. Wow. Go there for drinks to pretend you're wealthy and then leave immediately. Like, it just was... So stupid. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. I totally hear you. But it makes you appreciate things that aren't stupid. Right. Of course. Like the other food. And it sounds like those two experiences that Uh, you had, those transcendent, uh, the passion that you feel for them. Oh, my God. That reminds me of the same enthusiasm I had after eating Kathy Wakili's cannolis for the first time. (gasps) Are they that good? Next level. They're delicious. P.S. Kathy Wakili knows what's up. I'm just saying. Kathy Wakili, I saw her at Jill's Aaron's Luxury Lunch last year. Seems fine. She's Happy. doing great. Her kid just got engaged. Yes, the, her daughter's her engaged, daughter's Victoria. Name. Thank you. I was like, what is it? Um, yeah. Is she... So they moved into that crazy house. Yes, and they're still living there. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Because it felt like that would have been a great storyline. And then it's like, JK, mm. you're not being asked back. But what was going, because she was launching a cannoli business and then the restaurant. I think the restaurant is still. The restaurant still still exists. I think it's called Pizza Love. Right. Which is such a weird name. But it. I mean, I know I prefer Love Pizza. Um, But Pizza Love. But yeah. But no, I I have not been to Pizza Love yet. I'm trying to go. It's been like an (laughs) ongoing thing. A friend of mine. Is it hard to get a reservation? No, it's not that it's hard to get a reservation. It's just that it's hard to get to New Jersey. Yeah. Who wants to do that? I know it's like a trek and I still, if I'm going to go to New Jersey first, I have to go to rails. Then I have to go to pizza love. Yeah. You need to get your, you need to get your, you need to get your meatballs. Right. I need to be at rails. I need to be there. Hopefully when there's like a party going on in that secret back room or maybe like Siggy will just be around yelling at somebody. I need to be at rails. Um, And then 
<laughs> so is the is the cannoli business? Remember, she was like doing like it was supermarket. Like a, she did like a cannoli case, case. like you could like uh, make your own cannoli kit. That's what it was. Okay. Um, I don't is know that... if that's still going on, but I will tell you, I did taste the cannolis, and they are delicious. And I love a cannoli. I'm an Italian kid. I know my last name is Quinn. A lot of people think I'm mostly Irish. I'm not. I'm Italian. Oh yeah, I could see I Irish. I love, love, love cannolis, and it's the Feast of San Gennaro right now going on in New York City. So oh, if you shout are in New York Italians. City. Trek on down to Little Italy and eat some cannolis. I'm Italian. Not yes. enough to like know anything, but oh, like well. we like pasta. Uh, hello. Wait, Beth, you know what? It's just so interesting that you brought up Kathy because I have two questions. Sure. A, do you think that Kathy was underestimated in her gig? As I'm like setting up the answer for you, but like let's pretend you might no, say no, no. no. Do you think that she was like underestimated as a housewife? You know, well, as a skill set, it's funny because I, I think that a lot of people listen. Teresa has very strong fans and a lot of people yeah. just don't like her because of the fact that she was against Teresa or you oh, know, that people don't like Kathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. So I think that Kathy got a lot of flack for being, you know, for coming on the show mm-hmm, and for, mm-hmm. you know, um, Bringing the family shit to bringing light. Bringing the family shit to light. But I am a huge fan of Kathy and her sister, Rosie. The reason mm. why, because Caroline Manzo is one of my top five housewives of all time. All time. Highly She's agree. She's on my housewives, um, uh, Mount Rushmore. Because I really think that she represents what I look for in a housewife, which is that like very strong motherly oh, figure. Yes. That, Fire. That woman who doesn't mess with anybody, mm-hmm. but also is mm-hmm. incredibly loyal. Mm-hmm. I mean... When everyone asks me what my favorite house was quote of all time, it is always, let me tell you something about my family. We protect each other. We are thick as thieves oh, and we protect thick. each other to the end. God I mean, bless. I have chills just thinking oh, about it. Oh my God, an icon. An icon. A ginger. So icon. I think that she really fit into that world. And I loved having, she reminded me of Caroline Light. And I would like to see more housewives like her in the past, in the future rather. I think that she, you know, maybe a little bit boring to people, but I think that it's nice to have that as a representation in the cast. Like, yeah. I love the ensemble nature of the housewives and I'm a fan of her. I loved it when she, it was like when it was Kathy and Melissa. I don't think yeah. I appreciated it as much, even though I was team Kathy and Melissa, what was them versus team tree. I don't think that I appreciated how much I actually enjoyed Kathy, who is to me a nice Beta. And there is, yes. we've talked before on Andy's Girls about like respect the villains. Yes. And I think we also need to respect the betas. And right. I think there's not everybody can be a Caroline Manzo. And we would be fucked if they were all, if Bravo was casting all Carolines all the Correct. time, assuming there were others that existed and there is only one. Yeah, no, I know what you mean though. But like it's like Kathy brought an energy that I think was nice. And I just felt bad when it's like she and rich were designing their dream home. And then I would think the expectation was this will be shown on the show. Her business will be shown on the show. Her cannoli business will be shown on the show. The restaurant will be shown on the show. And then it's like, sweetie, goodbye. Like it's time to say farewell. But the show has to evolve. And I do love what I call them boss betas. I love these sorts of, uh, I would put Robin Dixon from yep. Potomac in that mm-hmm. category. Stephanie Holman from Dallas. Mm-hmm. Like these sweet girls, these, mm-hmm. you know, smart, strong, loyal friends, mm-hmm. good women that mm-hmm. really kind of ground some of the nonsense because you can't have a cast of Giselle's. You can't have a cast no, it would be of too much. Bethany's. You can't have a cast of Ramona's. What do you think of Kyle as a beta? Would you put her in a power beta? Oh, it's interesting bucket? that you say that because I think for a long time she was a beta, but now I think there's this expectation that she's an alpha. 
I feel like the women have anointed her an alpha and I am a thousand percent not buying into it. And I also like Kyle on the show. Mm. I like that she's an OG, but you don't think of her as an OG. I love the weirdness with Kathy. I would love to see Kathy come on as a friend of, even though I doubt it will happen, but maybe. I Um, I think that she serves a purpose, but that purpose is not to be an anointed queen by her castmates because to me, she's Yes, she's always been very good at dealing with other people's drama, Mm -hmm. right? Like, she doesn't necessarily have a lot of dramatic things happening in her own life. Her Mm -hmm. relationship with Maurizio is really strong. She's a good mom who's, like, dealing with, you know, empty nest syndrome that a lot of moms deal with. But for the most part, the thing that drove Kyle for forever was not only her friendships with LVP, but the conflict that was going on with her sister, Kim. Right. So it's interesting to have her in a place where she is not necessarily attached to either one of them right now. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens next season. Can I ask you a question? So the sure. Kim shit went super dark real quick. In your journey as the housewives expert for people, um, has there ever been a story or scoop that you've gotten where you're, li- where you're like, either it's shit a housewife has told you, somebody else, a source, whomever, where you're like, I actually don't want to cover this. This is too dark. Yes, actually a few times. And... That is a really strange position to be in because I want to be able to help tell people the truth and tell people the stories as much as possible. But you also have to recognize when maybe it's not the best time for somebody to be telling their story. Um, The example that I could that I would probably call upon is Katie Roast from uh, yeah. from Real Houses of Potomac. I mean, I spoke to her before the season began. She was really struggling with a lot of the things that she was going through with this terrible custody case mm. with her ex-husband and she was pregnant and then lost the pregnancy and it just mm. felt like there was so much darkness and drama going on in her life and that she was in such an unstable place that I felt like it was best to maybe give her time to collect herself before she could be prepared to start telling her story because... Mm-hmm the conversations that we had really felt that maybe she was not in the best place. And I think that it seems to me that Bravo felt a similar way, which is why I don't think she was here in the reunion. I don't have any intel of why she didn't get asked to come to the reunion. But for me, I think it was because of that, some of the instability. I mean, she left the trip this season Mm. and I think it was like really left. Yeah, really left. And I think it had to do with a lot of these things. I mean, she found out she was pregnant. She ended up losing the child and Mm. it's just, there was some craziness going on in her life. And I think that she needed to collect herself. How much of Bravo not asking her to the reunion do you think was based on the craziness with the custody battle and her ex-husband being super litigious? He allegedly sent a letter to Bravo before filming began that was just like, do not fuck with me. Yeah. How much of it do you think it was that stuff, the Insta photo, all that? And how much do you think it was the fact that she's been calling attention to manipulations with production? I think it was probably more the former than the latter. I really? Think that, I think that they can get around with people calling you know, the production manipulations. I feel as though a lot of housewives get on that couch and call out some of the fourth wall stuff and that just gets edited out. It's very easy to kind of not include that. But I think that they yeah, that's a good point. truly felt as though I, I, I again I don't have much intel, but my instinct is that she wasn't right in the right space to have her on the show at the time. It just sucks because it feels like she was so important this season and sp- was she? Yes. And specific- I didn't feel that way, but I felt like 
she was really good at calling out the Kate, the Kate, calling out the Ashley stuff. And right now, to me, you only really have Karen left who's willing to like step up to the plate and be like, this is not okay. Like the way that you've been. Oh, you're giving me eyes. I cannot well, wait. No, I just disagree with that because I think Candace like calls <gasps> oh, Ashley yeah, yeah. out every you're time totally, she blinks. You're totally right. But I feel like because Candace does it in a way that because she's like she can be kind of mean spirited about it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes even if she's being honest and truthful and I agree with her opinion, she's doing it in such a it's like wrapped right. up. In, no. It's like a bacon wrap scallop, <laughs> but it's like wrapped up in like horror show. So it doesn't she doesn't like win versus Katie to me who is so naked emotionally that there's no veneer so she will literally say to Ashley and not be like she's not actually intending to be rude but she's like is he gay in the car like she's just genuinely being so open and I feel like Karen even though she had the moment with clink clink whatever has (laughs) also been really honest and open with the like I'm a rape survivor like the way that the way the way I look at this stuff is just because it hasn't been prosecuted doesn't mean it didn't happen. Right. And I feel like that strategy plus Katie's just balls to the wall. I'm going to be incredibly forthright about how I feel about stuff makes a really interesting package. And I think when you lose Katie from that, sure, Candace and Ashley are going to get into it, but it's not I don't think to me it's going to cut to the quick as much as it would with Katie. And I'm like, fuck like when I heard she wasn't going it just made me sad yeah and I watch it I watched the I mean the reunion part one is tonight right I've lost all span of whatever because I was spoiler (laughs) alert embarrassed um (laughs) I watched you don't miss her I will tell you it's a great reunion episode tonight so is it because I watched the trailer and the trailer made me feel not great and it's almost it's actually unfair because the season has been one of the best seasons of any franchise so good in history this is a historic season yeah of any franchise unbelievable exceptional work these women should get parades like phenom <laughs> but the trailer i was just like oh it felt like it was missing some spice it feels so depressing the michael stuff in a certain way even though i will never stop talking about it yeah I just it's felt like it was hard m- stuff that Michael stuff. It's a weird line to walk. Um, I know what you mean. I think there's a lot of spice in part, part one. Part two is when you're going to see. You've seen all of it. I've seen part one and part two. Is there a three? There has to be a three. There's a three. Yeah. So you've seen one and two. You say one is better. I mean, one is great. One I, they like start and they're great. like. Yeah. It, it gets it, it gets uh it gets spicy pretty quickly. Yeah. Does Michael ever come on by himself? You know how they've no. done that before when they're a house husband? Like, Ugh, I know. I wish. I think they should have. But no, they don't. He's with he's with Ashley. And with the Black and Bill with Gates and Juan, yeah, yeah. and Juan Sausage. Which but you know, there's a lick. lot to talk about with Michael. And it's interesting because he was in, in a court of law. You are innocent until proven guilty. So because of the fact that the court dismissed the charges there was no crime he was innocent however the court of public opinion is much harder and there's a lot more going on and i think that we'll find out for example this may not be the only cameraman who's complained about a butt grab and i think there's going to be a lot more mounting to the fact that michael clearly has a a uh, a problem and that it's been evidenced with mm-hmm. Um, Katie's boyfriend with that right. other guy. Just one little zhuzh, if yeah. I can. 
just because he wasn't brought it wasn't brought to trial so there's he can't be pronounced innocent or guilty but just because it wasn't brought to trial does not mean in any way that the court is saying he's innocent all they're saying is we don't have enough evidence to prosecute well right yeah but you are innocent until proven guilty so he went in innocent he went in i don't think he went in works i mean that's the way this yeah I don't I'm know not that saying that he's an innocent person, but right, I'm right, saying right. that like legally there is no crime that was committed. There was no. Yeah. I think the burden is on the prosecution to right. show evidence of his guilt and that if they can't, it's just charges are dismissed or he's declared innocent. But I don't know that a person, I think it's more about the burden of proof than right. like Jenny, because the, the, the idea of like innocent until proven guilty I know it's hard. I think it's just like the burden is like weighed on against the burden is is weighed more heavily in someone's favor than against it. Or at least that's how it should work. How the justice system should work. It's it's a difficult situation because there was clearly contact without consent because the cameraman said that, you know, please don't touch me like that. Like he he made it very clear. And Michael's reaction wasn't like. Oh, sorry. The Michael's reaction was like, oh, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. You know, like to giggle. I know. I it's it's challenging. Listen, I also think there's levels of uh, toxic masculinity in all of this. And I don't know necessarily whether I don't know whether his intention is any way, shape or form is to kind of like sexualize these men. I think that maybe it's just him being him being a little bit more friendly in a European sense. I'm I'm not necessarily sure. I, I just, I have never met Michael. I don't know Michael. I am not saying that he's innocent by any means. Totally, totally. But I am just saying that like, there's so much to the story and it's very frustrating when the person who accused him of the crime disappears. I mean, he is gone. That cameraman Quit was nowhere to day. be found. Yeah. And has not, and wasn't there to, didn't speak to police and didn't, you know what I mean? Like he disappeared. So it's hard what um have you spoken to ashley about this at all not really i mean i've spoken to ashley for sure but um our focus has really been whenever i've chatted with her about the baby you know yeah. um, michael jr michael my god J- he looks just like michael. in a scary Crazy. way D like michael. cute little baby but like yeah. terrifying how much of one person's features a baby can which you've right. seen that with babies where i'm like i see a baby i'm like is that baby 30 like there are certain babies that like just take after i don't know what that is genetics i don't remember it's crazy public no. high school health class like <laughs> i'm sure there's a reason <laughs> for it like it's scary to me he really looks just like him and apparently i've never seen ashley's father apparently there was a photo Nobody going has. around of ashley's biological father oh. i've never seen him but apparently he looks a lot like <gasps> michael too we're oh is her dad white uh-huh oh i forgot yeah which a lot of people Daddy have said issues. that that's why he perhaps um, has disowned her because of the fact that she is not white. I'm not necessarily sure if that's true or not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, so. Like it's some nice little racism in that little I mean, basket I'm sure, of fun. I'm sure that's all part of it. It's I, I think I do not have a relationship with my parents either. Um, so it's very hard to see her go through that. I felt terrible for her. Um, and to go to their doorstep and to try to, you know, go to his doorstep and just to try to like make contact with him and have him reject you that way is heartbreaking. I mean, I don't know. No matter what you think about Ashley, I think it's really hard to not have compassion for her. Such a good point. 
So in that situation, at least understanding a little bit of your family dynamic history, (laughs) how do you as a viewer and as a journalist who's covering a lot of this, how do you go about how do you feel watching like, for example, Candace and her mom Mm -hmm. or in many ways in we've seen it in seasons past, Ashley and her mom. Like, how do you watch that stuff? How does that feel? It's interesting that you say that I. I really am a fan first when it comes to the housewives. Yeah. I love the show. I've always loved the show. I remember watching season one, mm. Joe DeRosa dressed as a maid, oh, classic. Know, like doing like dusting the coffee oh. table for slate. And oh. I was like, what on earth is this? Yeah. And I remember as a kid, I used to watch, um, uh, soap operas with my mom mm-hmm. and I think that it like it was a natural connection for me this was mm-hmm. the early days of reality tv with mm-hmm. uh, Orange County and mm-hmm. I don't know I just fell in love with it pretty early on so I've always been a fan first I am also somebody who's really um not very judgmental okay it's just like I think when you're gay and you've been judged your whole life you tend to kind of try to drop that as much as you can when it comes to other people so I try not to Um, come at anybody's storyline with my own preconceived notions or judgment. I really take things straight as they are and say, oh, if you want to do that, if you want to, you know, say these things, whatever you want to do, I respect you for that. Um, So I'm pretty compassionate when I, because I don't have a relationship with my parents, whenever I see people fighting with their families, I really feel my heart goes out to them because I want them to find ways to get together. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm, I always really impressed by these women for being courageous and sharing these parts of their lives in general because so many of them come on the show and try to hide their true stories Mm. so when you have someone like shannon bedore who's like Mm. literally showing you everything grabbing her belly fat yeah like i just have a lot of respect for them and even candace going through the stuff with her mom like to put it out there I have a lot of respect for her. You don't, it doesn't feel triggering in any way for you. Not really. Um, because I've long come to peace with my own experience, That's great. but it definitely feels hard to watch someone else go through it. And I think more about the fact that all these other people out there like me who are going through this will see representation of other people dealing with family feuds and recognize that perhaps there are ways to mend those fences, you know? Wow. Representation is so important. It's so silly. I talk about it all the time because when I was young, the only gay people that I saw on TV were dying of AIDS. I'm about 40 years old almost. So um, the gay people that were on reality TV early on, you know, you had like Pedro Zamora oh, who like and had Sean. AIDS. And, yeah. And there was, it was like, it was a narrative that was being told that was showing the evilness of the gay community in a way. Right. It was showing that like, this is what happens. You end up dying. Gays were very villainized in the news. They were really very villainized on television and in movies. And then slowly there started to be this shift, right? With will and grace at first it started with, um, with scripted comedy and then it started moving into reality. And now, you know, last this, couple of months ago right or just i guess a couple of weeks ago just wrapped up you know you have mtv's are you the one where it's a bunch of sexually fluid people bisexuals oh. all like hooking up Fucking with each, each other. other yeah and i'm yes. just like where has the we come like how far have we come like yes. my goodness it's amazing that people now can see that that there's been movement and because we've seen more representation we've started to understand it and accept it in different ways so i think anytime any of these women come forward with their stories they're helping people whether it be miscarriages or abusive relationships or 
you know, drug issues, even these little family feuds, like it helps people at home be like, oh, I get it. It's more acceptable. It's I shouldn't feel ashamed of it. When there are dark moments, have you ever felt that it was like production was playing too large a role in bringing some of these dark moments to light where it feels like these women aren't necessarily in mm. full control of themselves and may not be able to give like a thousand percent real consent. I guess it really felt that way with Kim. Yep. It's exactly. It really felt yeah. that way with Kim and in, in, in Beverly Hills, Kim yeah. Richards in the beginning because she was going through a drinking problem and wasn't necessarily ready to recognize it herself. So it felt like production was pushing Kyle and the other cast members to perhaps tell that it felt that way as a viewer on the outside. Again, I don't have any Intel on how that moved, Mm -hmm. but, um, but no, I mean, and the other instance that I think was the darkest in the housewives history would be the suicide of of Russell Armstrong. And and that's something that I, I almost wish I knew more about. Like I almost wish I've long campaigned for, uh, for uh, Taylor to come back to Beverly Hills because I think it would be interesting to see what she says about it all these years later. Yeah. And she's in a happier relationship now with her I attorney. Assume. Yeah. And I would just love to see like looking back on it, what she feels. She's very fascinating to me. I would love to speak with her one day. I mean, who was I talking about this with on AG recently? I don't remember who was like, what the fuck? Because I remember the Julie Klausner recaps of Beverly Hills for Vulture. Iconic. Iconic, where she would talk about Taylor Armstrong and her interesting past as, I think it was like Shauna Taylor and Shauna Ford. Mm. And she has a little baby grifter in her, which no one got anywhere near because A, I don't think... Well, it doesn't make sense to say I don't think anybody knew because Julie was recapping IRL, but the women certainly didn't want to talk about it. Like if the women don't want to talk about Dorit's shit, like this was a whole other level. So it would be interesting not only to have her back on the show just to see what her life is like now. Like I think she splits time between at one point she was splitting time between Colorado and BH. I don't know if she's in Colorado full time. She might be, but she would come back for this shit. And I, I think she'd be open to it. And it would be interesting because I wonder, depending on who she might not get along with, if they would try to insert that kind of like history and like, you never know bullshit into the mix. Do you wish that more original housewives would come back to the franchise? That's an interesting question. Dave Quinn of people.com in my life. Um, (laughs) I, it it's so OG specific. Right. For example, Caroline Manzo, welcome back any day. Yes, I agree. Open door policy. You want to stick your head in and tell Teresa go to fuck herself. Let me lay down the mat. You know, like <laughs> I, you are always welcome. Um, Kim Richards, I'm okay. I right. think I'm good. You've had your thing. You're reportedly yeah. struggling, and unrelated to the struggle i also think you're a monster so it's like i am all set um so it really yeah you're case by case and i know that we talked about this the last time but i will never stop talking about it i want her holiness julian zarin to get a macintosh it's in season it's apple picking time (laughs) i have to tell you i have been very vocal about that as well behind the scenes with Uh the uh with the folks who work at bravo okay ever since the departure of bethany frankel i think that it is jill zarin's time (gasps) to come back 
I do. I think because you didn't, you weren't a thousand percent into it when we last talked. I know that's but I embedded think, in my da- DNA now. But I think this is we're <gasps> very much ready for it now. Look, Bobby has passed away. R.I.P. She's found a new love. I know that her that a ring is coming because you, it was in page six because she leaked the story about it with the name of the jeweler and like yeah, the timestamp. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So a ring's on the way pretty soon. Oh, it's being polished right uh, now um, as a production oh assistant. God. I I'll tell you some stories about that when we hang up. But, God, uh, <laughs> when we hang up when we hang up in these real life microphones. Call. Oh, love it, love it. Um, but I think that. Yeah, I think that now is the time and is right for her. And I think there are some women on her cast who are very for that idea. But I, I'm not necessarily sure how Bravo feels about it. Um, listen, we have to see. Like, they were very much left in the lurch with, with Bethany's very sudden exit. Okay? Um, we have source reporting that we have published on people.com of, excuse me, um, of the fact that she really shocked production. And she shocked her cast members when she decided not to come back and it was last minute. They were filming that night. It was the first night of filming that she night. She didn't quit that day. She, she sure quit that sh- <gasps> Oh, that is such a she baller, sure but fuck did. you to all of us who love this show. She sure did. She did not tell her castmates when she quit either. Yeah. Um, we have reported that on. Yeah. Ramona has said that as Amen. well. Um, in her exclusive statement to people, yes, uh, queen. <laughs> in which she gave a nice little uh, backhanded compliment to Bethany, which I always appreciate. What did she say? Queen Ramona. She, I, she just mo- noticed noted that the first time that Bethany left, Bethany was oh, very yeah, upset yeah. <laughs> that uh, that the women didn't congratulate her on her spinoff. Right, right, Ramona right. was like, she never told us. I live for it. Um, but she has since contacted them and I think that she's at peace with her decision, but you know, we're in the midst of filming. I was out of filming the other day for the, uh, the new season of Real Housewives of New York city. Mm. There are a few new women who are in the mix who possibly could be cast. Sometimes with casting, they don't make these decisions till the end. Um, because they want to see how they're doing. Right. So there is always time. There is always time for a entrance from one queen, Jill Zarin. I would love to see her again in the action. I need it to happen. No one triggers Ramona better than Jill. That's true. You need a foil. You need a foil. You need an arch She knows everybody. We've never seen her with Dorinda. She introduced Dorinda to New York well, by right. having her at the bullying. Yeah, but we've never like experienced their friendship. And like, yes. I-, I would be curious how she reacts to some of the things that Dorinda says. Yes. She seems very close with Luann. There's been conflict between Dorinda and Luann. I would see I would love to see how that would play out I mean even if they just brought her along for a vacation I think they should just do it I really think that Jill Zarin is ready for it and also it would be a good way of the network turning to Bethany and saying this is what happens we're good I couldn't agree with you more I'm for it um I am so happy that you were for it this <laughs> brings everything to me I feel like I'm in a place of zen right now I'm happy to hear that. I thought I was gonna need to convince you and the fact that you or try to convince you rather and the fact that you were coming in and saying like it needs to happen brings me so much joy and so much light and so much love I mean I'm saying it just as a fan like as a fan of the show I want to see it um I'm concerned on two levels okay Andy said recently, like in the last, I want to say week or two, he was like, her story has been told or something. Yeah, I know. 
Yeah, he has said that. I've heard that. And of course, there was a lot of behind the scene conflict. Yeah, she's a nightmare. Yeah. I love her so much. But she's in a different position in her life now. And I'm not necessarily sure whether. Well, yes, but I'm not necessarily sure whether her story is done. I think that there is that feeling like there's nothing more that you can say. But maybe there maybe that's not true, because I do think that these women offer new and exciting things. I just think about when Jill went on her sister, Dr. Lisa Wexler's radio show, (laughs) which was adorable and was talking about how like, was it then? I remember she was talking about society, which Mm -hmm. is my favorite thing for Jill to talk about. And I remember also when she would talk about like, or maybe it was Bethany talking about her, the fact that like she didn't have a lot of friends or whatever, and she was so desperate. And so that has kind of led to some of her behavior now where it's like compulsive seeking credit for things. Yeah. And that is an eternal struggle personality trait that she will have for the rest of her life. God bless us for it because it will never, that will never go away. I think the way that she'll handle it has probably changed, but Jill wants to be back so badly. She is, and I mean this in the best, most positive way, desperate to be back on the show. I am desperate for her to be back on the show because I do agree with you. I think it's a totally new chapter. Bobby was beloved, rest in peace. Mm -hmm. And I think because she understands these women and knows their triggers and their buttons to press. And because there are so many buttons that others can press of Jill herself, it just feels right. And she's available. Like she'll, after the Bethany thing happened, like she will post photo. She'll go to things like there's no, I don't, there's not really an understanding of like when she goes to things, if production is there or if it's just mm. her going to these like society esque events, but she's been doing that shit lately with Ramona. Like Lord knows Luann's been talking when on her cabaret tour. What do you guys think about if Jill would come back? And then everybody screams and then she everybody posts on wants her. Everybody wants her. And it's just like, I know that she's a nightmare person behind the scenes, but I think she also, I don't know how much of that would diminish, but I think it's also necessary. And if Bethany, for whatever reason, decided to quit the day of without even telling producers, some producers who didn't know, I think you need to make a drastic change in order to save the season because there is an energy that is missing without Bethany and Jill's energy isn't the same, but it is a different energy than anyone else in the cast right now. And it is necessary. It's interesting because the cast does not have any say into hiring or firing. And a lot of people think that they do, but they don't. And they like, so I think the cast would be open to it, but it really is a decision that comes from above. And who's the above? Because like how much day to day Andy's obviously in touch with these women 24 seven, but like how much involvement does Andy himself have in casting? Andy has a, um, a limited, I think, I think that he has a big say in it, but I don't think he's as like deeply involved in that sort of thing, but he has a say, I mean, he's a part of it. Uh, There's a lot of names and heads that are kind of running the show there. It's interesting though, because we're so far in now I think something needs to happen to change these franchises in general. I don't. I think that in order for them to last, you kind of need to blow them up from the inside out in a way. So speaking about changes or lack thereof, 
Beverly Hills is happening with all the same motherfuckers, minus LVP, also rest in peace. And and some new people, yeah. And um, Garcelle Beauvais mm-hmm. and, and other Sutton. woman, Sutton Foster. Stackle. Shackle. I forget. I knew it at one point. I just don't care. I think it's Sutton Stackle. Sure. Why not? Mazel. Friend of Friend of Rinna's, whatever. I live for a Sutton, though. Who doesn't? Who does God bless. Um, <laughs> gimme, gimme. Right? That thing called love. Um, <laughs> so I just am surprised mm-hmm. that others are back. Right. You wanted to see some shift in that cast. I felt like if LVP is taking a two-season timeout, because I a thousand percent think she will be back, I think she is leaving to be greater than the franchise. And as Bethany did, will probably after she left season three, will probably discover that like, it's actually good for her business that she stays on these shows. And mm-hmm. I think she'll come back. Um, but in the meantime, why is to, if we're going to like hope that things get blown up and change and evolved in order to like keep the, this empire that we love and hold so dearly, you know, intact and continuing to like grow and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, why is uh, Teddy Bear back? Like, why are these people still back when that last, this past season was like horrible? Yeah. Um, I actually love this past season. Oh my God. I know a lot of people didn't. I loved it because I just enjoyed the bit of the fourth wall break. Oh um, no, that part I love. Yeah. I could talk about Lucy Lucy every day of the week Me for too. seven hours a day, and, and it wouldn't be enough. I'm a huge LVP fan, and I'm sad that she's not being a part of the show anymore. Like I really do love her. Okay. Um, but I think the interesting thing about having Teddy there again next season. Now she's pregnant. Um, Look how that worked out. The, the first baby that we've seen in Beverly Hills. Wow, what a blessing! And see, I'm much more <laughs> compassionate than you are. Yeah, I totally and, am. Um, and I also Fuck think having kid. Dorit back, um, well, knowing yeah. knowing yeah. that now her financial problems yes. have been kind of made on, the, you know, they've been brought up on the show, so we have to talk about them. One would hope. Um, I do feel like, as I say, you need a villain on these shows, and those are two pretty strong ones. You think that, but here's the problem, is that whether or not people feel that Teddy, problem to me rather, whether or not that people feel that Teddy is a villain as a viewer, Mm -hmm. the women don't feel that she is a villain. They've all decided to be besties. They've got their little friendship bracelets. And I just need something to unravel. And unless they turn and it doesn't feel like, for example, Kyle and Teddy are going to turn against each other anytime in the near future, who is bringing that spice? Because we, the so many, so many, so many watchers of Beverly Hills feel like Teddy is annoying. People who are team LVP and people who are like, what are you actually accomplishing this season? And that's fine. But if the women themselves aren't Don't angry with way, her, yeah. then well, what, what, who is the actual villain? But I guess I would just say that we've, feel right now that the women are fine with her because yeah. we're coming off of the last season totally but so many things happen in between i mean look at dallas after season one you would have thought everything was fine between brandy and stephanie mm. and they had a massive behind the scenes feud and Loved when it. season two began they were not speaking to each other and that really shifted the entire show yeah so there may be you know breaks in these friendships that we don't actually know about yet and we'll have to wait and see for the show i'm 
I tend to be very confident in production in making things happen for us. I know that they are putting a show together and that they will make it happen. And I don't know. I mean, we've rarely had down seasons. Now, Beverly Hills, of course, has had a few. OC. But BCC OC. Uh, OC has had a few. But I, I Orange think County. That, the, uh, sorry, New Jersey, the Twins. New Jersey, the Twins. That was a big down season, though. Let's remember that happened. You know, they waited a while for that show. They wanted yeah. to wait till Trey um, for Trey's situation. And I think I think that hurt them. I don't know. I mean, I'm very confident. I even think a bad season is a good season in a way because it allows us to challenge these ladies. Again, I'm a super positive, annoying person. Love that about you. I'm going to be the negative uh, Nelly. You're allowed to so, be. That's totally fine. God bless. So <laughs> speaking of bad seasons, good seasons, potato, potato, let's call the whole thing off. What do we think about the season of Orange County? I'm okay. So I really enjoy Orange County as a whole. I love the women. Um, I am very disappointed <gasps> that the of the decision to downgrade Vicky you are because I think that um, I think it sometimes can be very unfair when you put a one of these women because they've done it in the past they did it to Luann they did it Lanithia. to um, well she left but they did it yeah. to Portia mm-hmm. but when you're like there you're filming you're giving them drama mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they decide to still have you back as a friend she's very integral into the drama that's happening this right now and all season long so the fact that she's been made into a friend just feels like production wanted to say to her you're a little too big for your bridges go fuck yourself and that would have been a fine message to say to her after the Brooks drama. But at this point, it's That's a little surprising said. to me. Now, granted, she did get stale. And I actually had a very big conversation with her where I said to her, you need to step things up. I know that you do not want drama in your life right now because you're in a very happy place with your relationship with Steve. But then maybe it's time to walk away. And if you want to be on here, you need to call things out. You need to get involved. Because last season, she really was trying to be like neutral and, you know, you can't necessarily always be Switzerland here. But um, but she's certainly stirring things up with Kelly. And it's fascinating to me that Kelly was such a huge ally of Vicky's for so long and was defending the exact same behavior that she is now attacking in Vicky. So whose side are you on Vicky v. Kel? Uh, I mean, I'm on both sides. I'm a weird... And, and it's not because I know them or speak to them, but it's really because I live for... You know, I think that they're both right in a way, and I live for the drama that they're going through. I would like to see them find peace. I don't necessarily think that Kelly is right every single time when she um, goes for these over-the-top personal attacks. Um, at the same time, like it's not fun that Vicky's helping spread this sex train <laughs> bullshit. And, Which um, is so stupid. It's like so dumb, but I'm into it. But well, it's so I mean, dumb. I really blame production for that. I'm sorry. Listen, go watch that scene back again. You do not see Tamara say that line about the train. You do not see the conversation in that van. Um, I really think that production is playing around with audio and making storylines in places there weren't always there. Wait a second. I agree with you. It, with the van, just in the sense that the women have said after the fact that they genuinely did not know that they were being recorded and had made and sure to remove everything. all those women fit in that van? I'm just saying. There was a lot of people in that van that usually, why were they all in the same car? They're all going to different places. 
Interesting. I don't really believe that they were all there. But That's the my instinct. Tamra thing, I do believe that she said that. Well, but there wasn't. I was mean, there not she video? I it, thought there was video. But they didn't show her physically saying it. They sh- the voice o- it's voiceover, and then you, and then you see her just sitting there with her <sighs> lips closed. So did she say that in an interview? And did they use the audio there? I don't know. Don't it's make me side with Tamara. I will literally die. <laughs> Series finale of Andy's Girls. I mean, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm just saying there's, there's some sketchiness going on there. And I'm interested to see how it will all play out. I don't know how interested I am, interested I am to see it all play out. But I know that I'm going to be watching it all play out regardless. I, I mean, do you think that Kelly is really, truly hurt by these sorts of things? I also wonder that. I a thousand percent because she's an oversharer with um, her kid, I with Jolie. I a thousand percent believe that Jolie, kids have said stuff to Jolie at school about the Coke stuff. And Kelly is like, do not in any. And also it's like so unbelievably untrue and laughable. And I think the sex train shit is just Kelly is like completely undone because she feels like you've done this to other people. I will not allow you to do it to me. And I think it is an enormous. And I think like if you're a divorced woman, like she's talked about how like Michael's been a great co-parent, but anything that's like into illegal or illicit behavior that could fuck up your custody, that it comes from even unrelated to that. It comes from such a malicious place of trying to like hurt someone. But that didn't stop her when Shannon was going through her divorce from accusing Shannon of being an alcoholic. Which was also fucking up her custody situation. See, I think that Kelly throws a lot of stones and then oftentimes plays the victim of when stones are thrown her way. But I don't necessarily think that that makes her a bad person. I just... No, I think it makes her a great housewife. It makes her a great housewife. Uh, She's an amazing, amazing housewife. And she has every right to be angry about this. Yeah. But I feel like if you would have said to me, do you do cocaine? It's like... (laughs) I feel like I don't even know where to buy. But there's not a camera crew here. I know. I know. But I think that part of the time, I think that sometimes these women get crazy about these accusations when they can easily just be like, whatever. Like, how would Marge senior? I mean, uh, uh, Margaret Joseph's handle that. I just feel like she I feel like Kelly could be a little bit more um, like laugh it off and move forward with it and not. Gets Margaret's so upset. a lot smarter than Kelly is well. A. And B, Kelly is like <laughs> super instinctive and I is know. very aggressive and very reactive. And if yeah. you say something to Margaret, she's going to be like, go fuck yourself. Have a good day. Danielle, stop as you are a thousand percent the one that would say that about me or to me. <laughs> yeah, Whereas know. with Kelly, it's like Kelly is extreme. Like if Megan King says to her, I think it's going to rain today, Kelly will say, you're a terrible mother. You know, right. like it doesn't, it doesn't, just because she hasn't done these terrible reactive, aggressive things doesn't mean that she also can feel the exact amount of energy just in the reverse where she feels incredibly hurt and like and feels very protective and feels like she's been manipulative manipulated and and taking and taken advantage of and vicky knows that which is why she's doing the same shit that Lori did to her on that fucking ski mountaintop when gretchen was like (laughs) guess what's going on it's like the same kind of energy and then vicky hides behind the i didn't create it i just heard it no i mean she's been doing this for seasons and seasons for seasons but like at least she's been giving them something. I mean, speaking of giving people stuff, it's weird to me that they gave her a demotion and yet she is so integral this season so far. That do- yeah. it's, So it's like just because she's not 
in the area in which they're filming doesn't mean that she's not a character in that scene because right. this whole interaction of like Kelly being like, do I want to go on vacation with her? I don't see this going away. I just think that some, a lot of like these dinners that these women will have, Vicky won't be present at, but it doesn't mean that she won't be spoken about. Of course. And that's what's concerning to me because it's like, I actually didn't in any way disagree with the demotion. I was like, OC last season, I thought was a particularly horrible season and I was tired of it. It felt like it was going on forever and every month and the amen. And I'm like, changes need to happen. And I wanted Vicky and Tamara to, and yeah, I'm, I think Tamara has run her course. Okay. God bless her. She should go, um, be with at least one of her sons. I couldn't tell you which one, except I a thousand percent could. It is Spencer. He is the light. Um, but I just feel like, wait till you see what Spencer does in the finale. You're going to gag. I'll just say that. I, he brings it. With am I gagging on the Starbucks that he will serve me because I he's want him to serve give you me venti love and happiness. He's gonna give you that for sure. I love Spencer. He is too smart to be on TV. Why is his mother making him do this? It it's is so weird. I don't really dislike any of them. I love them all. So I'm a weird person when it comes to like who should go. Like I would love. I like Tamara and I like seeing her around. I I like seeing them all around. There's nobody that I really. I want Deshaun Snow to come back to Atlanta. Like, I'm like a weird person who's like, oh, I miss these people. I want to see them all, all the time. But if you want some of these franchises to be blown up from within, how but do you keep... sometimes I feel like blowing them up within, with, from within means, like, exposing some of the uh, back back behind the scenes sort of things that go on like on Dallas Deandra talking about a friend's baby shower when it's like just say Andy like say right. Andy Cohen like this like, is ridiculous just, yeah, like we know what we're watching what yeah or like um like when Gretchen proposed to Slade right like just say it what it is just be like I'm I'm we're doing we're filming this even though filming has stopped like because that happened way after filming ended they said right so it's like just be honest about it. Just be like, I want to propose to him because I'm scared that I may leave the show. Like, just tell me what's up. The one thing that I did love about that proposal was that I guess it was the following season or whatever. All the women were like, or maybe that season, I forget during the reunion, all the women were like, we don't believe this was real. And Gretchen crying because she's like, why won't you let me get away with this? Right. Is magical television. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I yeah, love that was a Lucy, great Lucy Apple, Apple Juice. Yeah, no, I loved it. Because I felt like it was exposing the fourth wall in a way that, like, we know is going on. And it, it's happened occasionally and it should continue to happen more. Like, I hope that uh, New York City begins this season with the women being like, holy shit, Bethany quit. Ugh, you know? And like... She left we our were, friend group. Yeah, she left our friend group and is like, we haven't heard from her. I don't know. I just... I live for that sort of thing. We went all over. You said to me before we started this that you had questions for me. Did you get to ask them? We'll get to those. You um, gotta hurry up. There is one. I'm itching I, for them. Okay. So one just more question on Orange County. Do you think, what do you think is going on with Shane and Emily? Um, Shane and Emily. I think that they are going through a tough period in their relationship. I think that. Shane has never had anyone really call him on his bullshit before. Amen. And I think that Emily is probably very much enjoying the fact that there are people who are, you know, um, seeing her side for the first time. I don't think that those two are going to divorce anytime soon because I think that they really do deep down love each other, but there's certainly some trouble there. And again, 
I give her credit for opening up about it because she could have pretended that everything was fine in her marriage. I wish that she'd be more open with her cast members, but I know that this is another bit of the fourth wall, right? She's afraid to do that because she's afraid that everyone's going to talk about it. And she's afraid that they're going to judge her and they are going to judge her, but she had no problem judging other people. So we need to just be, you know, transparent with each other. Do you think that the abuse shit violence yada that's going on with Gina and with her estranged ex-ish husband um do you think that will be a part of the reunion or any like watch what happens yes um we haven't seen Gina do any press yet for this season and I think that's a very strategic decision not to put her in front of a camera or give her an interview with anybody because there are so many things going on legally in her life that she can't speak about right um Matt has pled not guilty he has said that he did not abuse her I'm not necessarily sure who to believe in this situation. I read the initial report um, and we wrote about it at people.com. She um, allegedly ran out of the house and uh, was dragged back in by oh him. Oh my God. Neighbors were the ones who called the police. Oh my God. So, that is so scary. So it's really scary about what's happened to her. Allegedly. I would, um, it's very hard, you know, Oh my God. I really feel a lot for, I call her strong Island, um, because she's a strong lady from long, long Island. And I feel as though, uh, I feel like strong Island is going to get through this and I am praying for her to do so. But it's interesting to now finally see some of the cracks because last year she pretended that everything was great with their relationship. Uh. And I thought the most powerful part of this season so far has been her sitting with Shannon and saying, I was actually jealous of you because you were able to be honest about what you were going through. And I couldn't mm. that really, that really tore me up. And now that motherfucker is asking her for spousal support and she makes a dollar yeah. 50, like well, all things considered. Yeah. I mean, that's Fuck really you. tough stuff. Um, Rough, tough stuff. Yeah. And it made her, it definitely, again, this is what I say about, um, about the importance of representation because it's now telling a story on the housewives that we've seen told before, but think about how many women out there are watching it and feeling like maybe they could be honest about some of the stuff that's happening in their lives. Mm. I don't know. I have a lot of compassion. I'm a big softy at heart. Okay. So speaking of honesty, I have one more OC question for you. So what do we think about this whole political shenaniganery? which is a fun new phrase that I've just created <laughs> um, with Spencer and Ryan. Um, I think it's very real. Uh, there's plenty of families out there that have that divide because of politics. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised it's taken us this long to talk about it on a housewife show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would love to see some of the women get more politically active, but I know that, they're afraid to do so. Mm-hmm. Some of them just aren't actually interested in it at all and don't really care about it, which is fine. There are plenty of people out there who are like that, but I would love to see the ones who are interested in it get more vocal. I loved the season in which Carol Razawa was freaking out about Trump because it felt like I saw myself on screen mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wish that there were more people who were doing that, but I think that it's real. I mean, Ryan is a crazy Trump supporter. Excuse me. Crazy implies avid. Avid, yeah, crazy implies judgment. I don't judge him for it. Let I him. judge him, but okay. it's fine. We can use Avid. Ryan is an avid Trump supporter, and Spencer is not. And it's nice to see them both talk about the differences there. 
I would agree with you with one exception. Yeah. I think it's great that when women talk about their political differences or on New York, when Trump supporters say, I would rather not tell you publicly because yeah. they're afraid of the backlash from half of the viewership. Um, if not slightly less than half of the viewership. Wait, did I say that right? Yeah, because in Watch What Happens polls, Trump was consistently winning when yeah, they were I'm sure that the there election. are much more Trump supporters who, who watch. watch, you know, and some have been open. Vicky's been open about her love for Trump. And um, Emily has been open still to this day about being super pro-Trump. It's just... You know who else? Uh, Siggy Flicker is very pro-Trump. Yeah, she, she talks a lot about a lot that of, on Twitter. A lot of interesting stuff and on Instagram. And Teresa is pro-Trump. Um, Teresa's pro-Trump calling her back, certainly, so that we can <laughs> see what happens with prayers. Um, but it's just interesting to me that Tamara Judge, who's had some interesting plot points revolving around parental alienation which is at least something that you can talk about as an adult that is less about the actions of your child and more about a really upsetting environment circumstance and now we've sort of devolved into her children who are opening themselves up to judgment based on political affiliations and Tamara's way of inserting her own perspective is calling out Vicky for being a Trump supporter in an interview for People Now, where yeah. she's like, hey, um, yeah, and Vicky called me to say how much she supports Ryan and how much she's like ha- happy he like, loves his country, America, when it's like, cool, cool, cool. But what we're watching on screen is both of your kids opening themselves up to potential trolling whatever else from people who don't agree with their political affiliations. And why are you letting them take that kind of shit? Why aren't you saying, and P.S., here's how I feel about this. Like, why are we relying so much on the sons to carry the responsibility for the mother? Right. I hear what you're saying about that. I don't think that she feels anything about politics. I don't think that Tamara is uh, a big... I've actually talked to her about it. She doesn't really read it. She's not really into it. She's She's not invested. to it, according to her, like, political donation shit, which I would not be um, smart enough to Google, but a listener sent me stuff. Oh. (laughs) Well, I I, I don't know. I mean, I hear what you're saying there. Um, I don't think that she's very interested in it. Uh, Again, I'm just speaking from the conversations I've had with her, but you're totally right. She should in this sense, be a little bit more vocal about what she feels. Nonetheless, the parental alienation thing is really hard for me because I feel for her on that side. I would love to have a relationship with my parents. They don't want to have a relationship with me. I wish that she um, could have a relationship with her daughter. And unfortunately her daughter doesn't seem interested in that. And I don't blame her for that. Just as I would hope that nobody would blame me for the relationship that I don't have with my parents. So, I mean, I want to say fuck your parents. <laughs> I don't want to be disrespectful, no, but like but that sucks. I mean, I feel as though she's she's done everything. Yeah. And listen, I know that everybody dogs on her because of the fact that she ex- put it on TV in the first place. But again, like you're being as honest as you possibly can in these in this world. How like I want my housewives to be honest. And yeah. if they're hiding things that are happening in their lives, I get frustrated by that because I feel like what is your what is the good for you? So I appreciate that she came forward with the issues that she's having. I, I do see what you're saying in this in- instance, but I still I think they're both adults, those kids and let them go through it. All right. Speaking of going through some stuff because we need to wrap shortly. Yeah. Dallas thoughts. Two episodes in. Two episodes in. It's going to be an explosive season. You Is will it? see uh, 
yeah, you will see some crazy allegations going around, even bigger than the ones we've seen before. I'm here for Cameron Westcott getting the villain edit. Um, <gasps> is she? Yeah, she's gonna she's gonna be in some hot hot water a little on this. With what who? I hear. With New Carrie? Um, no, 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 no. Leanne, I, we'll, we'll Deandra. see. I'm, I, I'm just going to name everybody. Brandy, Stephanie. I mean, we've seen her on the trailer. She was fighting with Stephanie a little bit. Which um, do not come for the queen. Uh, it seems that she has a bit of a conflict with Brandy again. It seems that she may have a conflict with Leanne again. I'm here for all of that. Wait, Cameron has a conflict with Leanne? Yeah, from what we saw in the trailer. I forget. She says to Leanne, I'm not afraid of you. Oh, but Ooh. I thought she said it. It didn't seem like it was in a um, conflict kind of way. It was just more of like, I'm not a fan of you. Like, let's get our nails done. <laughs> like, it didn't feel like I'm going to cut you. It was more like, let's cut into some steak and go to a nice dinner. I will say that I do not like Housewives shows that feel the same season in and season out. Yeah. The only way that these shows can succeed is if there is movement in friendships and changes in relationships. New York City does it better than anyone. Yeah. Um, because the two of those women could be at each other's throats one minute and then, you know, really understand the importance of moving on. I I really struggle a lot with Deandra and Leanne. I I like them both and I want them to be friends and I hope that that relationship shifts. The thing that's been very happy so far with me this season is seeing Leanne and Brandy getting along because I want them to be friends too. I don't want the, I don't want it to be everyone versus Leanne again. I've seen that for three seasons now. It's got to change. Yeah. It needs to be somebody versus somebody else, but it, it needs to be a switch up. Yeah. And, um, I loved that scene of Leanne and Brandy. I was like, Oh, this feels like different and nice to me. Like yeah. I actually really enjoyed it. I'm like, I don't need to see these people fight with each other. Cause I've already seen it. And that iPhone thing was like insane. albeit like actually kind of hysterical. Um, it was just great. It was great. Yeah. So um, more to come on Dallas. Okay. Just a couple questions for you. You went sure. to New York Fashion Week. I did. Where Kyle Richards was showing some shit. Yeah. Sonia was showing, sh- showing some shit. What? <laughs> tell me something happened. Um, they were filming both for the show. Love. Uh, we didn't really see much drama. Sonia at Sonia's fashion show, which was on Friday, she was definitely very frantic. Because she was, you know, getting everything ready for the show. But it all went out really well. And her line used to be very high end. Right. And now everything is priced like between $10 and 250 bucks. So it's very affordable fashion. And it was nice. Everyone looked really beautiful. And the women seemed to be getting along well. Um, of course, I hope that that isn't the case behind the scenes because I want good fights. Um, but it was fun. It was fun to be there. And Sonia is just a riot. I'll tell you, she got a great haircut. She looks wonderful. Good. Yeah, she looks lovely. Um, love Sonia. What was last wonderful was um, some news that broke uh, on your beloved publication and page com About the comments that were made during the fashion show. Sonia and Dorinda went to a different designer who's on Project Runway. I forget their name. Yep. Um, um, somebody a, something. Ga- Gato, I think is how you say Ga- it. So it's got, it starts with a G, but I can't pronounce it off the top of my head. Um, Galley, Sarah Galley was my fashion show. Um, <laughs> and made some transphobic comments, yeah. which were recorded for the show and which a um, trans model heard as she was walking down the runway. Yeah, and that trans model, and they also had made negative comments about Ms. Cracker, who is a prominent drag queen, a RuPaul's Drag Race alum, were both at Shonya's fashion show. So, I think <gasps> oh, after the fact, mm-hmm. so there after are some the fact. bridge so I building. Think there's bridge building and apologies, and you will also see that Sonia's fashion show is very inclusive with models of all different sizes and genders and gender fluid. Yeah. So I think that I think that the way I saw that and read those comments were 
yes, it's great that we're holding these people accountable for the things that they're saying because it is not appropriate for be, for you to be saying those transphobic comments. But I also don't think the intention behind them was to be hurtful. I think their intention was to be funny and they're just women of a certain age who don't get it. You guys, Dave Quinn, accountability coach. Accountability. You Teddy, you've thing, been replaced. The thing about accountability is that it doesn't come from a place of hate. It comes from a place of love. <gasps> My God, get yourself a text message friendly company and you can join <laughs> Beverly Hills. I'll, I'll tell you, I hold a lot of the housewives accountable behind the scenes. I've yelled at Vicki Gumbelson when she was spreading all those rumors about Eddie being gay. I got Ugh. very aggressive with Leanne. I'm not afraid of you, Leanne, um, about the Mark Duber uh, roundup comments Ooh. because I do not like when these women use the gay community for their come up, right? They all have gay friends. They do their makeup. They do their hair. They love the gays. And then they very quickly turn on gay people and weaponize homosexuality or weaponize whatever it may be. And while I don't think that they think they're doing that, you know, even questioning or gossiping about the fact that whether Michael Darby may be gay allows and opens the door for other people to do that. And that fucking sucks. Amen. And one more quick question. Don't do it. What? Don't do. I'm saying don't do that. Oh, yeah. Housewives. OK. I was like, I will, wait, I I will yell at you for it. What do you think about I just that reminds me of Kenya who did it about Chrissy, uh, quote unquote Chrissy, um, Kim Field's husband on Atlanta. Yeah, I what, didn't like that. What do you think about Kenya's return? Thank God I am here. I am. Right. I am here for the return of Kenya more. Um, I am here for it because I think that she never should have left again. Talk about somebody whose story was shifting. We saw her for five seasons really desperate to start a family of her own. She found love and happiness. She now has a child. I want to see the rest of that story. I am hopeful that the new Kenya Moore is much more um, in a better positive, more space. But yeah. I also know yeah. that yeah. she is never going to stop being a bitch. And I live for it. Thank God. Twirl on. Oh, um, twirl, on. twirl on. One more question. Oh, my God. You have a thousand. I love it. I never want this to end. But yeah, I have to go, so. You have to go. So we need to wrap up one more quick question. You need to tell me the exact date and time. I'm not letting you leave the people's people's couch until you do. When are we seeing the Jersey trailer? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, October. First, no, I'm not going to tell you the, the date of that because I don't necessarily know. Bravo has shifted their things, but have you seen it? I have not seen it, but Andy They're has said that it. it's coming in October. If it's fucking so October 31st, it better be October 1st at midnight. I think that it'll be earlier rather than later because I believe the season that is meant to right. premiere sometime in November. They usually do the trailers about six months out. Um, but you will definitely, uh, I'll tell you this. The Atlanta trailer is coming soon. And if you follow Nine Days on Twitter, you may see that soon. <gasps> oh, my God. I forgot about Atlanta. Yes, Atlanta comes so soon. We're here for it. Oh, my God. We Today are so blessed. Today was Eva Marcel's baby shower. My God. See, She's that is a pregnancy that I want to follow. <laughs> I am here for those hormones. Dave Quinn, I'm also here for you. Tell the people how to follow you on social because your social is magical and you have so much Housewives content. I simply cannot. Oh, I adore you. First of all, I just want to thank you so much for having me here. Really, I'm such a huge fan of you and watching Dave how you've Quinn. grown this podcast so much. And you are so frank with your opinions and I appreciate <laughs> that. I do appreciate it. And I live, I'm, I'm just, I feel as though... 
my philosophy in life is that when the tides rise, all the ships go in the air. And yes. I'm so grateful for the support that you show me. And I hope oh, that I get to show you that same support and just Quinn. let you know that like, I love having you be a part of this housewives world. You're using your voice for such great Thank stuff. Thank you. And um, so much shade. Tell us how to follow. And if you hear yeah. me yap about housewives, yes. I'm at, um, at nine days, N I N E D A V E S on both Twitter and Instagram. And do you have any fun comedy shows that you're going to coming up anytime oh, soon? Oh, yeah. My my boyfriend, Gus Constantelis, is a hilarious comedian. Mm. He is filming his half-hour comedy <gasps> special on October 4th here <gasps> in New York City. And uh, come join. How can people get tickets? People can get tickets. Go on Instagram. Um, you can follow him at Constantly Gus. He's so Gus. cute. He's so cute, right? He's like genuinely adorable. I know. I, I, I really love I him. He's hilarious. Oh, my God. He's uh, five foot two, same <gasps> height as Lady Gaga. <laughs> David Bowie, Missy Elliott. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Lady Gaga and I have a lot in common. Yeah, so starting with Gus our height. Him. Oh my um, god, it's amazing. But he's really hilarious, and so he's at constantly Gus, and um, he is going to be at uh, Broadway Comedy Club on October fourth. Can you say what the special is being filmed for? I don't know how comedy works. No, so in comedy, you know, uh, a lot of people get half-hour comedy specials and uh, self-produce them. So he's <gasps> self-producing. His oh, I special. love that. Yeah, it's amazing. And you know, it's hard. I've learned a lot about the comedy world here in New York. I don't it's know hard to get. About it. Yeah, so you know, it's hard to get residencies or, or like permanent spots. They call it being passed at comedy clubs. It takes a long time. So he's passed at two major comedy clubs here in New York City, and likely will be passed at third by the end of this year holy shit um, and it's just you know very very booked and busy well, every single night he's doing a show right now he's got a show tomorrow night he's literally always working i can't wait for him to buy me an apple when he <laughs> sells his netflix special for ricky gervais money so yes, very excited that's about what that. we want we want ricky gervais money he's yes. really great and he's never seen a single housewives episode ever and you guys have stayed together and throughout stayed this together. Well, huge that's complication what's great about him is he has absolutely no idea what i'm doing and he goes to a lot of the filmings with me and he's met a lot of these women we've had dinners with them and he'll leave and i remember the first time he we ran into melissa and margaret and had dinner with them and he left and he was like your friends are so nice how did you meet them? And I was like, they're literally television stars. They're huge. Oh <laughs> my God. That's adorable. And they all comment on his Instagrams and they're, some of them will be at the show on October 4th. And he's so funny because he's like laughing about the fact that all of his friends are obsessed with housewives and, and they're like, like, Oh my God. You know, like Shannon Bedore liked your <gasps> picture. Oh my God. Tamara judge, whatever it may be. Or, oh, you know, Melissa or Margaret. And he's like, uh, they're people. They're just normal people. He knows them as regulars. <sighs> Leanne. And he just knows them. Well, he was how, at her wedding with me. How fortunate for us that we know that they're not normal people. They're not normal but people. We at all. love <laughs> your boo. Anyway, Dave Quinn, light of um, my life. This was magical. Can't wait to have you back as ASAP guys at Sarah Galley on Twitter at Dame Galley on Instagram. I literally have a dollar. Um, post Paris so if you like this show then me a dollar in the name of your favorite housewife and show your appreciation through monetary value okay that's how what I was learned taught whatever stuff words <laughs> and anyway yes. um, Venmo guys um, Venmo me I'm Venmoing <laughs> you a dollar's worth of love and can't wait to talk to you again soon bye bye